Hello, friends. Welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome back to our series on the resilient disciple or what does robust discipleship look like. Uh, I have been sitting on this topic for a long time, not really knowing how to talk about it, how to approach it, how to kind of ground it in scripture when it really is about an emotional experience of walking with Jesus. But I wish that someone would have openly equipped me uh, for this thing when I was following Jesus or as I followed Jesus. And this is how you deal with disappointment with God. How you deal with disappointment with God. I don't have necessarily a scripture passage that comes to my mind immediately about a disappointment with God, but I do have a story in which I imagine it sounds to me like there is some disappointment with God. And it is a story in 1 Kings 19, where Elijah has just come out of this pretty massive uh, battle with the priests of Baal. Uh, remember, they kind of like who's you know, whose God is going to set fire to the altar. Um, and then God basically proves himself and says, you know what, even wet the fire. And then what happens is, is Elijah kind of clearly stirs up the anger of royalty and they kind of come after him and he has to go hide. So we find him in chapter 19 hiding. It says Elijah was afraid and ran for his life, which I mean, I just love that line because here Elijah has just like seen the power of God in front of him, participated in it, not just in this incident, but in many others. And then he's afraid. And I just love the humanity of 1 Kings 19. And that even that we'll see how God kind of steps into that. But he sets off, right? Runs into the wilderness. He uh, prays he's going to die. So Like we just read that as facts, but that man must have been feeling pretty desolate, pretty fearful, pretty discouraged, I would imagine, if he's praying he might die, having um, just seen God step in in a pretty miraculous way and prove himself mighty, but kind of the fear of what is coming after him is too much. He says, take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. I don't know if Elijah's having a snit here I mean, you could superimpose a lot of things. Sometimes I feel like we're not told things explicitly. So we might also maybe narrate our own stories through that. So maybe Elijah just is like, I'm kind of done. Like, it's just tiring and this is hard. And I love that God just comes to him um, or sends an angel, touches him and basically is like, sometimes all you need is to eat and a good nap. And just kind of seeing the fatigue, I think the physical fatigue and maybe the toll on Elijah. And this happens twice. And, you know, there's lots of things that'll preach in that passage. But where I want to land is when the word of the Lord comes to him in verse nine. And the Lord says, what are you doing here? 
And basically, I love that Elijah's just like, I have been very zealous for you. And the Israelites reject you, tear down your, like your altars, and they put your prophets to death. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. Now, I don't know what Elijah expected when God kind of came down in the fire, you know, or like sent the fire to that altar and, um, yeah, was instrumental in kind of showing his power. And then Elijah runs away afraid and basically is like, yeah, but I'm the only one left. God, we know the end of the story tells him otherwise. But this is the moment that I want to just talk about, if I can say this, when like things don't turn out as you expected. Because disappointment with God, um, and I would even say if you want to understand the nature of disappointment um, in relationships in general, is oftentimes unmet expectation. And we don't really know all the time that we have these unmet expectations until suddenly we realize we're tired. We've been waiting. We're frustrated. Why hasn't something happened? Why didn't this go like we planned it? Like many, many um, ways in which I think we step into following God like Elijah did. Like, yep, I'm here having this like epic kind of like verbal battle um, who's God's bigger, who's God is bigger. And then this moment of like, and now I'm scared. I'm going to go run away. And I'm the only one left now. I'm all by myself. Even though the Lord has just like clearly wiped out, um, a bunch of priests from Baal. And I just find it really interesting. Like this passage provokes in me a number of things. And I've come back to it in so many seasons of my life. But when I think about someone who is serving the Lord, and uh, maybe in obedience expects God to act in a certain way after a step of faith. I worry that a lot of us walk away from trusting God in these moments because we thought, oh, I was obedient and God was going to show up like this and he didn't. And that is where I fear But that between that gap of like, I stepped out in faith because I believed X, Y, and Z about God, but really in my head, it looked like God doing this. Like, I don't know what Elijah was imagining. Was he imagining that there was a bunch of hidden priests somewhere, which there are, uh, who would just suddenly appear, come running out, you know, like and rescue him. I don't know what his expectations of God were, but clearly his fatigue plus his sense of isolation led to this sort of dramatic, I'm going to call it a snit because I think, I think Elijah has a lot more credibility in terms of his character and how we see him step out in faith. But I pick on Elijah because I just think this story is so rich about a man who is serving God, a, a person who is serving God And thought, I think, in the serving and in even the miraculous that God was just going to show up in some, you know, next step, next level, miraculous way. I can't name for you what that was. And God didn't. He didn't. That wasn't his plan. That wasn't his best. And I would say one of the major concerns I have as I watch people either walk away from the faith or deconstruct their faith is that we don't know how to handle 
when God doesn't show up in the way that we expected or the way that we wanted or the way that we believe he promised. And so we, and Satan loves moments like this. And so we start to hot, like pull back, maybe even some resentment starts to grow. And those, that kind of soil never breeds good things. And I just wish that someone had told me like, there will be times in your life where you are like disappointed with God or he doesn't do things. I mean, this is a classic one, like in the timing you expect, which we know, but it is in that gap between the like, here's what I expected and my ability to see what God is actually doing. That space in between is very tender, very crucial. And I believe very dangerous spiritually if we're not attending to that. And these moments where we either turn in our disappointment to God and ask what's going on here, or we pull away, those moments don't start with like massive acts of faith or massive feats. Like I just believe that it starts in the smaller things um, where we actually choose. And if you can just imagine for yourself, like if like Jesus was standing in front of you and you're holding this expectation for how he would have shown up. It's like looking at a friend and telling them, I'm disappointed in you. And and just like wanting to leave the relationship. Because that feels easier to hold that view than to actually understand, like, why didn't this happen as I imagined? Or why weren't, like... I believed you are this type of person. And my interpretation was that you were going to do X, Y, and Z for me. And so it's a real, I think it's a real, yeah, I'm going to say it again, like dangerous moment where we realize we have a disappointment with God. Um, and I would say that other thing that this is like, if I'm allowed to get on a soapbox, um, the, the thing that really bothers me that I think is not helping in this is that There is sometimes this Christian mentality or this like, um, yeah, sort of an idealism that like, oh yeah, God rewards the faithful and the obedient. And that is true. He does in the way that matters. But oftentimes I hear people say like, oh yeah, I've looked at you and like, I don't understand why God isn't answering this prayer. And God doesn't promise in this life that following that obedience is always going to equal easier. And I think the classic example is Mary, right? Like when Mary's like sitting there or lying on the floor, who knows in the presence of that angel. And then says like, how is this going to happen? You know, when the angel says you're going to bear the Christ child, how's this going to happen since I haven't like been with a man. And I love that the angel like doesn't actually answer your question. Like, again, we know the end of the story. We know that somehow... Mary does become pregnant, but the angel just says to her, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. Yeah. Like what? That explains nothing. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that Mary's suddenly clear on like what to expect from the Lord. And I can't even imagine that sort of journey of like her obedience is like, may it be to me as you have said, but I think of her life in a community that would have watched her probably grow in her pregnancy um teenage girl I would imagine her walking down the street even if she went out 
and maybe neighbors and friends turning away because as much as her and Joseph may have said, oh, God's doing something, no one's going to believe them or few are going to believe them. And how many times might she even, if I wondered, like been like, man, I said yes, and it is not easier because I said yes. And so I think that affects this space when we find ourselves saying yes to Jesus or yes to that like obedient act or that, you know, stepping out in faith and then things get harder and realizing we had attached our obedience to some way in which God was going to like maybe reward us or maybe not even. It's like, yeah, if I do A, God will show up B. And then we end up with a disappointment because expectations are meant. And this has just been, I would say, the story of m- most of my life with with following Jesus. And But I want to be clear when I say that. I think we tend to think of expectations and like disappointment with God as like, oh, he didn't show up and we're disappointed or like he didn't do what we thought and we're disappointed. And I was like, I think most of my life has been God showing me that Isaiah 55, right? His ways are not my ways. My ways are not his ways. And he always has better ways than me. And sometimes it's obvious in the moment, like God showed up and I was like, oh man, I totally, I'm not disappointed. It was just not what I thought. But in the moments where that disappointment comes, where I was like, oh, it's like, I'm still waiting for this. Or like, I don't understand why it didn't go this way. Or I don't understand why I said yes, and it's getting harder. Those are the moments that I'm talking about, really. How do you deal with disappointment? So I just want to get really practical as we talk about that and as we end. At risk of sounding simplistic, I would say commit in the good times to continuing to turn your heart to the Lord in the hard times. I think sometimes it feels like when we're going through difficulty is when we really cling to the Lord. And then kind of when life quote unquote, like feels easy, we tend to maybe let off on our devotions or not pay as close attention. And I think there's some like good places and practices to say, like, even in this, I will turn to you or I will yet praise you. I think also another practice would be um, like, again, these are basic, but like doing life in community is like processing your interpretation of where God should have been or your understanding of how things would play out with a friend or mentor or like spiritual uh, mother or father who is like wiser than you Um, because the truth about our own narratives in our head is that we kind of stick, even if we think we are like open and like, you know, there's a reason that Paul talks about being transformed by the renewing of your minds as so we, we actually really need a, a renewed perspective and community offers that. I also think it's important. And like I, the amount of times I felt like, I think a discipline of like, I just imagine an internal shift. Like when I am having something I'm wrestling with the Lord about, I actually just imagine what I said to you, like Jesus standing in front of front of me. And I was like, I can either hold this thing in my hands and turn away from him, or I can turn towards him. And I I have a choice in that moment. And and even if my heart is sometimes reluctant, I was like, who I want to be in Christ will turn me toward like 
And, and so I imagine myself holding this thing, holding this disappointment, holding this whatever and saying, this is not like what I thought it would be, or this is not how I thought this would play out. And then to say, and this is the most simple I can come at it, it's like, what's your perspective on this? Like, did I limit you? Uh, did I make my obedience conditional on this expectation? Would I have said yes? Even so. Um, yeah, and can you show me, like, if this is true that you are a father gig gives good gifts, if it's true, and I'm saying if, but actually if you're following Jesus, then you know that maybe mentally God is good. Okay, God, if you are good, I believe you are good. I'm declaring you are good. Then show me in this situation how this is the best for me. And to choose in that moment, trust, and to choose in that moment to will. And I think this is really important because belief in our culture oftentimes to us means an intellectual assent to something like we believe this and you know and it's just information but belief in the context of the bible meant that there was also an assumption about like a commitment of will to something like i actually am choosing and that's the moment when you have a disappointment with God and you, you have a choice. Like I choose to turn my heart towards God and not away from him. I will not, I'm just mentally doing my own narratives. I will not let darkness or Satan get in between me and Jesus because something that I expected or where I was disappointed with who God was didn't, didn't happen. And I just, there's also like a choice in me is just this resolve of like, I will not let Satan take territory in my heart that belongs to Jesus. Like, or like, when I say that, I mean like lies or like, I'm, I I don't want to let resentments grow. I don't want to, you know, like even give watering to those seeds of doubt or that narrative um, that we have about him. And these are the moments I think when you have to really pray and spend time with a sanctified, like coming to him. And so, yeah, those are some of my suggestions. I, I don't know if they're helpful. They have been certainly helpful to me. I think I think it's important to realize in, in the disappointment with, with God that they happen. God continually surprises us with who he is, but also I would say in how things play out and how if we believe and I believe that God is working even when we can't see it and that a father has his best interest in mind for his kids then what is happening in your life or the disappointments or the unmet expectations are because he has something better in mind for you and I. And in those moments to turn to him and say, okay, Lord, what is it that I'm not seeing and how can I be open to receiving what you have to offer me? Thank you so much for joining me today on the online pastor podcast please take something away and talk to God about it. But also don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe and also stay connected by finding us under the handle, the online pastor. I look forward to being with you again.